I invite our children to be dismissed if they haven't already. As our prayer going into the sermon, I invite you to turn in your hymnal to number 25. Number 25, and Rebecca will help us sing this. Starting in the middle of the first century, we see the astonishing spread of the Jesus movement in every direction, rippling outward from Jerusalem up to Samaria, up to Galilee, to Syria, to Greece, and then around the Mediterranean to Italy. And the presence of ancient Christian communities in faraway Ethiopia, over in Iraq, and even in India, all are evidence of some original experience, some original event that launches and propels people outward with tremendous energy and enthusiasm. This expanding universe of Christian faith is made all the more remarkable and astonishing when we remember that after Jesus' death, his movement is in complete freefall, disarray, disintegration. It's falling apart. And his followers are filled only with the wrenching sorrow of having lost their beloved teacher, and they are also incredibly traumatized. Think about it. Traumatized by the way that he was actually killed. There's also one more thing going on in the hearts and the minds of the disciples that we don't usually talk about. And that is their incredible sense of shame and guilt about the way that they had treated and behaved toward their beloved teacher in his last hours. Think about it. Does Peter flash back to his bold but completely empty 
promise. Lord, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Or do they all flash back and remember the way that in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the hour of Jesus' great vulnerability and need, they all run away. One of them is so frightened he runs away naked. Does Peter remember how after denying Jesus three times, a rooster crows, he locks eyes with Jesus across that courtyard, and then Peter runs away in tears. So friends, what must it be like three days after Jesus' death, when the risen Jesus starts now to suddenly appear to them after the resurrection? I mean, what would you and I do? What do you and I do when we first meet someone that we have terribly wronged or let down? I mean, after denying and abandoning and deserting Jesus, they must certainly now expect His condemnation, His judgment, His censure. But astonishingly, Jesus' first words to those who have failed and abandoned him are, Peace be with you. In Hebrew, Shalom Aleichem. In Arabic, Salam Aleichem. Peace be with you. Friends, the truth about me And I think probably the truth about you is that we usually need God's grace the most when we deserve it the least. Amen? We usually need God's grace the most when we deserve it the least. Jesus stands among us in his risen power and invites us into a restored relationship of sheer grace. Beyond all our earning. Beyond all our worthiness. Beyond all our bargaining and negotiating. Every terrible failure that separates us from him. Fill in your blank. Every failure is graced and forgiven. Peace be with you. And what he shares with us is God's completely free, utterly gratuitous, totally unearned gift. A gift that heals our broken spirits, heals our broken bodies, heals our broken minds. Here is Jesus stepping over all of our past wrongs, all of our tangled histories. What's your tangled history? We all have one. And he's making a new future possible for all of us. Peace be with you.
So I hope by now it's getting completely clear that when we share the peace of Christ with one another in church, we are not just saying hi. How you doing? How was your week? We are sharing His astonishing, costly, and world-transforming peace. That's what we're sharing and passing to one another. So I invite us to stand now and to reverently share with one another these four words, peace be with you, and to share with one another the treasure that they contain. Please rise. Peace be with you. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you, brother. Peace be with you. Again. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Friends, I believe that it is this experience of meeting the risen Jesus and receiving his peace that is the Big Bang event which explains the first century's rapidly expanding universe of Christian faith. This encounter is what transforms the disciples and turns a movement that is in free fall into a movement that seemingly has no end to the ends of the earth. It is this experience of hearing, and this is First John here, hearing and seeing and touching this peace be with you, Jesus, that transforms the once terrified disciples, into witnesses, and we're going to return to that, into witnesses who are now willing to suffer imprisonment, stonings, floggings, shipwreck, and even execution. And in the following decades, Mary Magdalene, Peter, Salome, Thomas, they all go out to share this message that they have personally experienced. Peace be with you. And then they go out to share this with others, and the others share this message with others. Generation and generation after generation, on it goes, so that 2,000 years later, here at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church, we are part of this unbroken chain of a hundred generations receiving and sharing the peace of Christ. Think about that. A hundred generations, over 2,000 years, unbroken people receiving and sharing the peace with others.
In our gospel reading today, Jesus tells his disciples to go out and to be witnesses of what they have experienced. I love that. He doesn't call us to be the judge. Doesn't tell us to be the jury. Doesn't tell us to be the prosecuting attorney. He calls us to be witnesses. Just tell folks what you've heard, what you've seen, and what you've touched. I mean, last Sunday, didn't we see this embodied so beautifully in Laura and Matt's testimonies? If you weren't with us, go, go listen to the CD. People were saying, amen. It was, it was quite something. All they did, all they did, was vulnerably bear witness to how through the Almahasne family and through our friends at Community Meals, they have been receiving and sharing and getting caught all up in the reconciling peace of Jesus Christ. And friends, that's all we have to do as well. This past week, uh, Samantha, we were looking at the bulletin cover. Take it out, if you will. We liked it so much last Sunday that we used it this Sunday again. And Samantha said something really insightful. She said, what makes this image of Jesus so compelling is that it helps us to You can almost hear him saying, peace be with you, can't you? But we also, in his gesture, in his body language, see his complete and utter vulnerability as well. He's not hiding his wounds from us. They're right there. Nor should we hide our wounds with one another. Because these are often the places where we have the most compelling things to share with one another. About the love and the healing and the peace that we have experienced in our lives. You know, in our faith sharing class, where we're all sharing our stories, it's been really amazing how people have almost raised their hands and showed their wounds to us. And I'm bonded with those folks in a way like I never have. And I'm up in two weeks. So I feel challenged to talk about where I've experienced healing as well. Friends, ever since 181879, When our church was first founded here at the corner of Sherman and Chestnut, the Spirit of Jesus has been guiding us to share his peace with our city and our neighbors. And along the way, our church has become a refuge, a church of refuge for folks who were either expelled or rejected by other churches. 
And we have folks here for whom that happened. We also became a church of refuge for those who were close to giving up on God and certainly close on giving up on the church. And to these folks, as they came in the door, we said, peace be with you. In the 1970s, or thereabouts, like other city churches, we we all started wondering if maybe it was time to move out to the suburbs, where it's safe, where it's comfortable, and where we could build a big parking lot. And it'd be nice to have one sometimes. Sometimes. But as I've heard it told, I wasn't here, we felt the Spirit of Jesus calling us clearly to stay put, stay here at the corner of Sherman and Chestnut, to keep finding our Lord's peace in the peace of our city. You hear that? To find our peace in the peace of our neighbors. And here in 2018, we're still discovering what it means to be this kind of peace be with you church. We want to be a peace be with you church for our community meal friends, for our GLBT neighbors, for folks without documentation. And for who else, God is just getting ready to send us. Peace be with you. Today, after sharing the wonderful meal that... Are any of you starting to smell it yet? Our conference ministers, Joanne and Merv... They're going to be helping us to reflect together on the mission of East Chestnut Street. How can we keep on being witnesses? Not judge and jury, not prosecuting attorneys, witnesses. In word and deed of Christ's reconciling peace here in our city. That's what we're going to be up to today. And in particular... We want to be talking about how we can amplify, increase our impact by supporting other organizations that are also seeking the peace of our city and of our world. And in particular, how can we support groups with special connections and synergies with our own ministries? That's very important. There are many, many good groups and organizations around the world and in our city, but we're looking for synergies with our community meal, with chestnut housing, with our welcoming refugees to Lancaster City. And in all of this, we get to be part of the great, great rippling That still continues. That began when Jesus, the risen Jesus, said to his disciples, Peace be with you. And just like the disciples, each of us is probably 
has our own unique mixture of joy and disbelief. Did you hear that in the text? They were filled with joy in their disbelieving. You know what that means? There's room enough for you, and there's room enough for me. Jesus can work with us. And as we're going to hear him say to us now, in the song that we'll be singing, seek the peace of the city. Find me in this place. I have brought you here to know me. Find me in this place. Amen.